When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's Monday, March 6th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, another weekend of Cactus League action for the Guardians, sort of starting to settle into that exhibition schedule uh, groove. Uh, we saw the second uh, time through the rotation for a, a couple of the the frontline guys on the pitching staff. Uh, but uh, the the Guardians overall, they, they come through with a, uh, what, a 4-4 tie on Saturday. And, um, you know, just... How did the 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 pitching staff look, and, and what did you take away from uh, a couple of the games uh, this past weekend? Yeah, Joe, they went uh, they went one one and one over the weekend. They uh, they beat Milwaukee uh, seven to four. They they played to a four four tie against um, the A's in Mesa and uh, lost to uh, the Diamondbacks six to four on Sunday. Um, you know, I thought uh, you know. Well, let's take a look at the three starting pitchers. Uh, uh, we saw we saw Plesac, uh, Zach Plesac, you know, kind of bounce back from a tough outing his first time out. Uh, you know, he used that rule where he was allowed to uh, re-enter the game after he pitched into a jam in the first inning. But he goes two and a third, two hits, one run, one K, which was a you know a big improvement from his first game in which he went. One and two thirds, six hits, allowed five earned runs with three strikeouts. So you know that that was encouraging. Um, against uh, the A's, Shane Bieber went three. You know, became the first uh, starter to go three, three innings, three scoreless innings. You know, one hit, two two walk, two strikeouts. Looked in charge, Joe. Then he went out and threw some more in the bullpen. So he he is ready. And after the game, uh, Terry Francona told reporters uh, in Arizona that uh, you know he was in line to uh, start the op- start opening day, which would be uh, his fourth straight opening day assignment. And that's on March 30th. And uh, Tristan McKenzie uh, was a, a, on Sunday was a little his control faltered a little bit. Uh, one and two thirds, three hits, three earned runs. Uncharacteristically, he walked three guys, but he struck out four. Um, you know, had some problems in the uh, second inning where he gave up uh, three two out runs. Um, 
but uh, Francona did not seem that concerned about it. Yeah, I really the uh, the big takeaway from from those three performances there was was Zach Plesac sort of being able to bounce back and and right himself, even though he had to use that uh, reentry rule after pitching into sort of a jam in the in the first inning. The fact that he was able to come out in the second uh, and the third was and, and be effective was was a good sign uh, for him. Uh, and, and like you said, it's a surprise to absolutely no one that Shane Bieber is going to be the opening day starter. I think this is his, it'll be his fourth, uh, yeah. consecutive opening day start for the guardians, uh, which is, which is nice. You know, you've identified that, uh, uh, a long time ago, you identified him as your, your ace and your number one. And, uh, he's just doing what everybody expects a, a number one uh, starter to do. Uh, Tristan, I, I think this is the time for it to, to get all those, uh, those those bugs out and, and you know work around any sort of command issues i don't think uh like you said it's uh surprising that the the walks you know popped up when they did uh but this is the time for him to to be walking guys uh, you don't want that to follow him into the regular season when he makes his debut so uh you know walk as many guys as you can in uh in, in spring training and, and hope that doesn't follow hey he, he's like we the, the the big thing that we identified with tristan uh, a few podcasts ago was, you know, just keep the ball in the ballpark. If he's doing that, if he's, if he's not letting guys take him, uh, take him deep, then, uh, that's the improvement. And that's where, uh, he needs to make that next step this year. Uh, and if it means walking a few guys, then, Hey, you know, that's, that's okay too. As long as you're not giving up, you know, three, four runs at a clip. Uh, as far as what we saw at the plate over these three games, uh, anybody stand out or anybody's uh, performances, you know, really, uh, give you, uh, you know, any encouragement. Uh, I know, uh, the guys at the top, the, uh, the, the big guns are sort of settling into, uh, getting their work ready. And, and, uh, it looks like Jose Ramirez is, is already in midseason form. Yeah. Jose, uh, right now he's hitting 417, uh, four for 12, three RBIs. Uh, you know, he, he, uh, Really kind of, you know, he's he's looked solid. He's looked ready. He's stolen a couple bases. Um, you know, on um, on Sunday, uh, it was interesting. Uh, he walks with two outs in the first inning. Then, uh, you know, uh, Josh Bell doubles him home. Um, and uh, in the in the third in in the fifth inning, he has a sacrifice fly, and he was after that he was you know after singling in the third in the third inning. So I think uh, it looks like Jose is ready for the season, and I, I'm sure the uh, Guardians were happy to see Bell uh, drive him in in the first inning. Uh, you know that's what uh, that's what they signed him for. So um, you know that that was good to see. You know Juan Brito, kid. Uh, that they got for uh, Nolan Jones from Colorado. He he had, he had two walks over the weekend in two different games, Joe. He 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 he's leading the he's leading the big leagues in spring training uh, already with eight walks. <laughs> he either hits or he walks. So, you know, that's that's not bad. He had yesterday he came up uh, with the game on the line, well, with a chance to maybe win it. And uh, hit a long fly ball to center field to end the game with two guys on. But, you know, uh, Francona said it was a good at bad and that, you know, he, he really has a great eye at the plate. Yeah, I'm sure no one there was complaining when he uh, when he hit a fly ball for an out to end the game. Uh, uh, they want to get those things wrapped up as, as quickly as possible. But 
you know, the, the opportunity there to, to, to give a, a good at bat uh, at the end with the, the game on the line is what everybody looks for. Uh, also uh, worthy of note, uh, Will Brennan isn't uh, isn't ready to concede that that he he's not going to contend for a starting spot in the outfield. Uh, this kid just keeps hitting as well. He's hit in four uh, out of his five games. He's got three consecutive games with doubles. Uh, he's uh, he's hit everywhere he's ever gone. So uh, there's there's no reason to think that Will Brennan won't keep hitting uh, if he keeps this up. Uh, you know, he, he could he could force Oscar Gonzalez to really have to compete for that right field job. Yeah, Joe, you, you know, he, he doubled uh, on Friday against the uh, Brewers, hit another double against uh, Oakland on uh, Saturday uh, and, sco- and also scored a run. So, uh, yeah, he, he is swinging a bat. He came to camp ready. You know, he kind of plays with that chip on his shoulder. I think uh, it, it's fun to watch him play. He's uh, he, he had a great year last season, 107 run, RBIs in, in AA and AAA. And, uh, you know, that's hard to do in the minors. And then he comes up for a brief look in uh, to Cleveland. Uh, he hit like you know, 360 or something, you know, in about a handful of games, Gotten made the postseason roster. So, this is a kid to watch, Joe. I think he's, you know, if he, if he doesn't make, if he, I don't think it's going to be his fault if he doesn't make the ball club. I think, you know, there'll probably be an organizational decision if he doesn't make it as, you know, an extra outfielder or who knows, maybe the starting outfielder. Uh, they would probably want him to play every day at, at Columbus, but I, I don't think he's conceding anything, like you said. Well, there's absolutely nothing for this kid to prove at Columbus the way he hit last year. I don't think uh, there's there's much more for him to learn there. I think the next step for him is is learning at the major league level. And even if that means, you know, maybe maybe sitting and, and playing a little less, uh, there there's still opportunities there for him to 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 do that. Uh, in terms of seeing things we've never seen before, uh, you said uh, when when Bieber was on the mound uh, on Saturday, uh, it was, or was, yeah, it was Saturday. Uh, Andres Jimenez uh, was called for a violation of the new rules. Yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> Tito called it a grass violation. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Jimenez, Jimenez was playing shortstop that day, and uh, you know the new rules say, you know, not only do uh, the the four infielders have to be, you know, on opposite sides of second base at the pitch, they also have to be, have their feet on the infield dirt. And uh, obviously, it sounds like uh, Jimenez was uh, cheating a little bit or maybe wandered onto the grass just by force of habit. And uh, Shane Bieber got a ball called on him. But, uh, you know, that did not stop Bieber from retiring the side in order. But interesting, Joe, these rules are going to keep coming at us. And uh, we're going to have to, uh, you know, you're going to have to keep your eyes open because, you know, they the the umpires really don't you know signal it that emphatically. Hopefully, you know that changes a little bit, and we know what's happening. But because uh, Francona said for a, for a couple minutes, no one knew what had happened. Right. Yeah. Some sort of like indicator light, or maybe like a button on a on a belt pack that the uh, the, the crew chief or the the home plate umpire can can press that might might signal uh, to people in the press box to to everybody in the stadium. Uh, exactly what happened uh, that maybe that's the next wrinkle I mean if we're using technology this much already why not con- continue to use it I'm sure something can be rigged that uh, that would make it convenient for everybody in the park but uh, right now I think the umpires need to get back to 
you know, the, the basics of their mechanics. If there's a mechanic for, you know, a, a time violation or like you said, a, a grass violation, uh, you know, show us what that mechanic is. Let us get familiar with it and then, you know, use it and use it emphatically so that everybody knows what's going on. Uh, could be a, a, a theme that we sort of continue to watch. And I, I just wonder how that's going to, it's going to factor into whether a game is won or lost at some point during this season. So uh, we'll we'll look forward to, to, to following that and, and seeing how that develops as well. Uh, we uh, we mentioned uh, some maybe some debuts uh, happening this week. Uh, in fact, uh, we know that uh, the bullpen is is starting to you know they're starting to roll out some of those guys now, uh, getting their first looks of, of the uh, spring. Uh, we saw Trevor Steffen over the weekend. He had kind of a struggle in his debut outing. Uh, now we're also uh, awaiting the the debut of Emmanuel Classe. Yeah, uh, Class A is supposed to uh, pitch, make his debut today against uh, the Angels in Tempe, Arizona. Um, you know, Terry Francona was asked about him last week, why he hadn't pitched. And, uh, you know, he, he said that uh, pitching coach uh, Carl Willis has laid out a kind of a blueprint for every every healthy pitcher, you know, how they how he wants them to go through spring training. And uh, they, they, they have... Uh, uh, Class A slated for uh, nine appearances, including, you know, consecutive appearances. And uh, they think nine appearances, he'll be ready. And, you know, the Joe, Joe, the way he was used last year, I don't think there was a need to rush him into ball games in February for sure. Uh, you know, seven, you know, 77 appearances, 42, uh, 42 saves, 67 games finished. Uh, you know, he got plenty of work, so, it, I, you know, I'm going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how he does today. And, uh, yeah, uh, Stefan, uh, you know, kind of had some, you know, kind of, you know, stubbed his toe a little bit in his first start against Oakland. Two-thirds of an inning, two hits, three earned runs, and uh, uncharacteristically three walks. So, you know, you could tell that, you know, that was his first time out and a little rusty. Yeah, big weapon uh, that that Trevor Steffen is going to be relied upon, uh, you know, seventh, uh, sometimes maybe even the eighth inning. Uh, this is a guy who you're, you're going to be rolling out there uh, and you're going to see him in games where uh, the Guardians have have an opportunity to win. That's uh, though that's his role. And he, he excelled in it last year. Uh, you mentioned Class A and sort of the buildup and the ramp up. That was one of the things that that Tito and 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 Carl Willis had mentioned that sort of allowed him to take that next step. You know, la- the last two seasons uh, was was his ability to. He doesn't need a lot of warm up time when he gets up and gets ready. He doesn't really, and he's very efficient about the number of pitches he throws when he warms up in game and and all that. Uh, he he's very much in tune with what he needs to do to get himself ready and get himself right. So I'm I'm not worried, you know, in the number of appearances that he makes in spring. I'm not worried about what the results are or anything like that. I know that, you know, he's going to be locked in when the season starts and, and they roll him out there for the first time to to go for a save. But, uh, yeah, it, he didn't need to be pitching in February and he didn't need to be pitching in the World Baseball class. He didn't need to be doing any of that. This is, uh, you know, this is your closer for the next four or five years. You, you've got to. 
make sure you get him through and get him healthy because he did pitch in a lot of games last year. I'm wondering if if Tito maybe changes his approach with Stefan or, or with uh, with Class A uh, during the season. And we saw him pitching sometimes in a in a game where yeah, you knew he needed you knew he needed to stay regular, you know, and and, and work in a game if it had been a day or two and he hadn't pitched, but. And, you know, if there wasn't a save situation or if the, the Guardians were up or behind uh, and he was in there finishing off a game and, you know, sometimes you were scratching your head like, why are you using him here? Why aren't you saving him? Uh, I'm wondering if Tito might change the the approach there and, and have him pitch in, in fewer games next year when there aren't save opportunities. Yeah, that's something to watch, Joe. The thing, like you said, though, he's so efficient. You know, when when you look at the stats, he ranked 56 in the number of pitches, uh, you know, uh, uh, MLB relievers through last year. You know, so, he, you know, even though he's getting used a lot, you know, he's 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 working quickly. He's getting innings over quickly. So he's not, you know, really having those really stressful innings. So, you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, Francona is going to have to balance that. Yeah, he ranks 56, the number of, of reliever pitches thrown. But, you know, I wonder how many of those relievers appeared in 70 games. Uh, I would I would hazard a guess, even without looking at the numbers, that among pitchers that, that appeared in 65 to, to 70 plus games, you know, he, he probably ranks at the bottom of the number of, of pitches thrown uh, for for those particular pitchers. So. Uh, just another example of just him knowing his body, knowing, you know, what he needs to do to, to stay focused and ready. And also, uh, when you've got 101 and, you know, cut action on it, uh, it's, it's a really effective pitch and you don't have to throw a lot of them. You only need three to each batter. Uh, so, uh, we did mention the WBC there, uh, guys are starting to line up for, uh, for departing from camp and heading out. Uh, we, we've got, uh, a handful of, of guys that we've talked about, uh, Cal Quantrill, Bo Naylor heading to Canada, uh, Jimenez going to Venezuela, uh, and, you know, a few others, I think, uh, Columbia is getting Mabry's Valoria, uh, and, uh, what was the latest on Angel, Angel De Los Santos and, uh, the Dominican Republic? He's been hobbled by a, a hamstring, but we haven't heard whether or not he's still going to, uh, go pitch for those guys. Yeah, Joe. I think he, he wasn't he an alternate for the Dominican yeah. Republic, and he was I in think uh, yeah, yeah. So I I can't I can't believe he they let him go, and and you know if he's still hurt, he hasn't pitched here yet. Uh, you know he's progressing, but uh, I think he's throwing some bullpens. But you know I I think he they would want him to pitch in a game, and perhaps if you know the the Dominican advances, you know if, uh, the, through, if the Dominican advances, that's funny. Paul. Yeah. That's funny, Paul. <laughs> Yeah, if you know to through pool the uh, first pool play and all that, maybe you know later in March he gets to pitch. But right now, I would think uh, you know De Los Santos stays in Goodyear. Yeah, well, in addition to the players departing, we've also got some coaches, uh, you know, who will be joining their uh, their their coaching uh, staffs and the the teams for uh, uh, the other countries in the WBC. Um, they are uh, Victor Martinez, or I'm sorry, Victor Rodriguez is uh is going to work with uh puerto rico the hitting coach there uh rugulis odor is going to go work with uh venezuela uh but uh rigo beltran who just got promoted this year to bullpen coach uh he is not going to be joining what i believe was it was team mexico uh yeah for, yeah, yeah for um 
uh, he's he's going to stay with with the Guardians and and you know his first year as bullpen coach. I think that's probably a a pretty good decision. Yeah, Beltran. I mean, a lot of a lot of international experience. He was Mexico's pitching coach. Uh, in the last WBC, he was Mexico's pitching coach when you know they went to the the 2020 uh, Olympics in Japan. So he was a natural fit there. But you know, I think the the group uh, decision was with uh, you know him coming up and 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 being uh, you know replacing Sweeney as the bullpen coach in the first year. They really wanted thought it was important for him to stay the whole spring with the, with this new group and just to get to know the uh, relievers. Uh, and so games, I, I guess, get underway uh, here in the next couple of days uh, in the, the Pacific uh, pod where uh, um, Taiwan and, uh, you know, the the Japanese team and I believe uh, uh, Richie Palacios and the Netherlands are out there in, in that pod. Uh, so so games getting started. Uh, I believe on the uh, on the eighth. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. And Cuba's uh, in that pool too, Joe. Right. Uh, Major League Baseball announced that the uh, allegations of domestic abuse against Mike Clevenger, former Cleveland pitcher, uh, have been investigated, and there will be no discipline. There will be no uh, any any other sort of follow through with that. They've closed their investigation. Uh, I guess. This is uh, you know, the two of um, two mothers of, of uh, Clevenger's children had accused him of, uh, you know, different things in the past. And uh, Major League Baseball looked looked into it and decided that there would be no uh, further action or, or punishment taken. Uh, you know, what did uh, what else did we learn about this and, and what's that mean for Clevenger as he moves forward with the uh, the White Sox? Yeah, no suspension for Clevenger, uh, uh, and uh, MLB, you know, kind of left the door open. If any new evidence was uncovered, that they would relook, take a, you know, a, a, a new look at this. Uh, Clevenger also agreed to, uh, you know, to uh, if they felt he needed counseling or to, uh, you know, enter a program that that you know would help him, he 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 would go, go along with anything like that. But right now, uh, Clevenger was cleared. Uh, you know, MLB, you know, an investigation that started, you know, last fall, you know, you know, said, you know, he he's not going to face discipline. So, you know, we move on from there and uh, Clevenger is probably going to be pitching against Cleveland, Joe. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll look forward to to seeing how that plays out uh, if if he pitches in any games at progressive field as, as well. Uh, wanted to mention 18 year broadcaster for the. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Dave Wills, uh, passed away suddenly uh, on Sunday. Uh, obviously, I, I had never crossed past paths with him at the ballpark, but, uh, you know, it's terrible to, to think about, you know, for the for the Rays that they, you know, this guy who had been calling some of the biggest moments in their franchise's history, uh, he's no longer going to be there uh, in the booth for them. Yeah, 58 years old, uh, died in his sleep. Uh, geez, oh man, that's that's tough. And uh, I know the organization; they didn't broadcast their game yesterday. Then um, they'll, you know, they had a moment of silence before the game, and I think they'll find some ways to honor him uh, once the season starts. But just sad news, Joe. You know, 
radio announcers they're they're kind of like you know they're they're these they're the uh they're the link between uh, a team and the fans and uh you know you you listen to them all the time if you're a, if you're a baseball fan they're like the uh, the background music to your life you know if you're right. listening in during the summer you're driving somewhere you're working in the lawn you know, or they're always they're always talking to you, even if you're not listening to them. And uh, you know, he he was very very good at what he did. Yeah, it's uh, when you say things like that, all I can think of is how how intricate and important the it, Hammy has been for Guardians fans for for the longest time, and and just uh, how how special and how lucky we are. I mean, we we tell him every time we have him on the podcast, or even when we see him in the in the press box, just uh, just how important he is to us, and and what a great uh, you know uh, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday for sure. So uh, just to think, uh, right now the uh, the Rays don't have their Hammy, and and that's uh, that's a real sad uh, you know thing right now to think about as as we listen to to Hammy and Rosie give us spring training updates right now because you know we're back in cleveland it's the only way that we would know what's going on out there so um you know just uh, you know think about the uh the rays and the whole you know community and organization there uh because that's a pretty tremendous loss for them uh before we wrap up here I, i got an email just before we started recording uh got an email from uh not that i am signed up for anything here but bookies.com uh sent uh, an email a press release uh, and they ranked the uh, the top ten or the top. They ranked all thirty Major League Baseball ballparks for their pregame, uh, their destination, their their fan experience. They ranked them from uh, worst to best. And uh, Progressive Field came in ranked number ninth, uh, uh, number number nine on that list. Uh, number one, uh, you want to take a stab at who number one in the the the, the best pregame ballpark experience uh for fans was i'd say dodger stadium uh dodger stadium not even in the top 10 dodger stadium was 23rd overall uh and and that's actually down four uh 14 or wait i take that back they moved up four spots from last year's uh ranking so uh significant there uh the guardians ranked ninth that's down two spots from last season in the same poll but the new number one uh or i'm sorry the the number one for the second consecutive year uh the pittsburgh pirates and uh the, the ballpark there in pittsburgh uh this uh this poll ranked them in terms of uh the location in relation to the city center uh tailgating experience the experience all around the stadium and a fan sentiment poll, uh, and the the fan poll ranked Pittsburgh number one. The uh, experience all around, they were 18th overall. Uh, the Guardians ranked in those polls were uh, for the overall fan experience uh, 18th overall, and for the uh, stadium they were 20th or 21st. I'm sorry. So uh, the the top five were Pittsburgh, San Diego, San Francisco, Cincinnati, and St. Louis. Now, I've, uh, this, the St. Louis experience, they have that whole like ballpark village built out there. And uh, that's one of the things that the, the Guardians 
folks have been asked about is, are they going to acquire real estate around the ballpark and, and build a fan experience, uh, a sort of ballpark village type thing like we see in San Francisco, like we see in, in Arlington and, uh, you know, the ability to have maybe the, the sports books and, and things like that uh, taking place there. Uh, you know, I, Bob DiBiazio was recently on a, uh, a a conference call with the local chapter of the of Sabre, the, the Society for American Baseball Research. And he said that, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't rule out the, the possibility of, of something like that, of uh, acquiring land and building a ballpark experience type thing. Uh, you know, there, there's a there's room for Cleveland to sort of grow in this arena of, uh, uh, you know, the fan experience. But but ranking ninth right now is a top 10. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. And PNC Park is a great park. I mean, where where the Pirates play and it's beautiful. And, you know, you walk across the Roberto Clemente Bridge there to get to the get to the park. There's statues all over. It, it's a nice park. It's a nice experience uh, for uh, for the fans there. But the, what about the ball club, Joe? They don't win. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the experience well, you want the most? <laughs> well, I, I guess that's you can sit atop of this pole and and have an organization that really doesn't care to pay their players or, <laughs> uh, you know, win ball games. They just, uh, it, you know, the, as long as the fans are are happy and and eating the food, that's that's all they really care about. Uh, Baltimore ranks seventh on the list right now. Uh, and, and that's another ballpark that's, you know, it was sort of the, the first one of these ones to have that sort of walk up feel that's, you know, really sort of, uh, you know, just incorporated the whole like city into the ballpark as well. You could sort of see in from the, from the street level and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's really important, uh, aspect now you don't think about it when you're talking about, you know, the players on the field or, you know, winning ball games, but. You know, the, the fan experience is, is also a big part of it. And and we're looking to, to see that change here in Cleveland when they start getting these ballpark renovations for this, you know, 30-some-year ballpark uh, uh, underway after the end of this season. Yeah, it's going to be uh, – they, they really have some great plans for the ballpark. It's still a beautiful ballpark, Joe. You know, Progressive Field has held up well since it opened, and uh, they've taken great care of it. And by the end of what 2025, it's going to have a totally different look. So it's something to look forward to. But you know, I love that ballpark. It's it's a great place to watch a game, and you know the experience is good and uh, just uh, just a nice nice place to come. And and uh, you know, if you're going to watch a game, it's a good place to be. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I hope we see a, a lot of folks down at the ballpark this summer. All right, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, we'll be back uh, again tomorrow. Uh, no, off day for the Guardians in the in the desert, but uh, but we won't stop. Uh, we'll be here uh, to bring it to you on uh, the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Queensy, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Joe.